Fourth and long. It is Monday, April 11th. Uh, I got Maddie Miggs here with me. A lot of sports going on recently. Um, you know, you got the Masters, NBA season wrapping up. One of the better, probably one of the better sports weekends of the year, to be honest. Maddie Miggs, I think. Are you on mute still? Or are you good? I'm here. I'm sorry. Oh, you're here. Can you hear me? I had some uh, unstable internet connection. Yeah, it was a great weekend, Deanie. Uh, the weekend of Masters naps. Did you did you get a, a good nap in or a good snooze during the, the weekend? Yeah, I so trying to think of when I did it. I think it was. I think I was a Sunday day napper in anticipation of what I thought would be a close ending on Sunday, but turns out I could have probably napped from like five to seven. But then you know, a late nap, it's like that can do a lot, lot to your internal clock. You know, I like to nap around like one two so i'm not up too late yeah dude i uh i kind of i don't know i didn't really have a good position on the couch on sunday saturday i had the corner i had the corner spot and i was i was in i was in and out before i uh demolished (laughs) a bad brother saucy roll but before that i was i was in and out of sleep on saturday and sunday i was stuck in the the left side not the corner and uh couldn't get any shut eye i will say your couch there's a it's a very competitive environment with your couch um because if there's very specific spots where you need and now that oats is gone i feel like that competition is back oats is very specific about his spot on the couch and as a guest a, a frequent guest um I, I can kind of sit wherever I want without any chirping. Yeah, dude, with Kevin, when he, when he lived here, he, he'll, he'll occasionally say, yo, can I sit there as you're sitting there? <laughs> he, he says I'm that? Just, I think it happened once or twice. I'm like, damn. I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course Kev, you can have it. And on the rooftop, the rooftop deck couch, Kevin has his own designated corner spot as well. Yeah, self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. Yeah, it was his corner by him. Uh, Yeah, I've kind of taken the reins there. Like, I'm always in that corner now when I'm out on the roof. Joey has his, like, uh, his one spot. He just – he brings a singular cushion and places it in the same spot. Yeah, every time he has a cigar. Mm. So, Well, that – yeah. He's a purist. He's a minimalist. (laughs) But I uh, I didn't really have a nice Sunday position for a nice nap, and I wanted to take one. I really did, but because uh, because it was kind of over until the last hole. Well, actually, now run. When, when did uh, McElroy hit the? Is he an eagle or was it a birdie out of the sand trap? That was the most electric shot. Him and more. I think it was. I think it was the birdie chip out or chip in from the sand trap which gave him second place, I believe. and Gave him sole second, yeah. Interesting celebration, too. It was, like a half, it was like a half tiger fist pump, half sprinkler motion, where he was like, he kind of was like this, and then he just like threw the fist. It was interesting. Typical golf guy celebration. Not very coordinated. Yeah, he kind of dropped the club in a very weird way. Like he, then, he he didn't really throw it, but he like dropped it and then moved his arms. It looked like it kind of glitched. 
Yeah, yeah. He didn't know what to do because he hasn't been there in forever. So, but <clears throat> yeah, we're we're back here Monday night. He, uh, what were you gonna say, Mix? I think I got a lag. I'm sorry, but he, but yeah, he uh, he eagled, and then I said to Joe, I said if Scheffler, if Scheffler is minus nine going to the last hole, he might double bogey and we'll see a playoff. I said nine is the number. Because I, you know, kind of was hoping McIlroy would win because at one point before he eagled, I put two bucks on him to win it, and it was like crazy odds. Then he eagled, and I'm like, okay, here we go. We're one uh, collapse away from a, maybe a playoff. If, and I said to Joe, magic number's net minus nine. If we get minus nine going into 18, I can see him double bogeying, and we can have a one-hole playoff. And what do you know? He – he ended up four putting, so what I would have said would have been right, but he started at minus 11, or minus 12 he started at, mm. and then he finished minus 10. But, dude, I don't know if you saw this, but Barstool had a promo for the unders club. You know how they do, like, the overs club, and it's, like, once every yeah. two months, three months, they have this jacket. You can yep. be part of the club if you bet $100. They did the same thing, and they said the winner had to be – Equal to or less than a minus 12 score. Oh, you're kidding me. Sorry. Time out. I'm wrong. Minus 11. <clears throat> oh, so it was void. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Minus 12. He had to be minus 12. So Scheffler on that last hole was minus 12, and he had a birdie op, so he could have two-putt it for par. Right. Which what, what he would have been was doing – he was birdying all, the whole tournament, but – just needed a, um, a nice two putt and he had a four putt and the bet lost and it's a hysterical hysterical uh <laughs> reaction from the barstool guys what uh what were they giving away uh, like a bomber what were they it was a nice sweatshirt it was a nice okay. white sweatshirt that said the unders club Interesting. so i'm sure a lot of people lost lost that. a lot of sweatshirts were not granted because mm-hmm. of that bet yeah bad beat speaking Asshole. of speaking of uh, items of clothing. You gave me a little flack as I was put my dress socks on before uh, before we got started here. And first of all, might I say, the dress socks when they when they come inside out out of the laundry, that is that is like that alone will ruin a a, a night, you know? Because I I got I got out of the shower, I was ready to go. All the lasagna I'd eaten for dinner, starting to digest. I almost vomited in the toilet. It was bad. It was a bad scene. A lot of lasagna in the system, Matty Miggs. But I fought through. I come into the studio, and my dress socks are inside out. And then, But you said dress socks might be my loser of the year, and I want to know why. I mean, especially for this year, I mean, how often are you wearing dress socks? They're incredibly not a lot. They're incredibly comfortable. They're thin. I love I I don't like a cotton white on my feet. I like the dress sock. It's thin, it's comfortable. Are you what are you wearing? Like a a stance socks with J.R. Smith's face on them? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have those, but uh no, right now I'm right now I'm barefoot. But no, I'm saying I I completely disagree. I think uh dress socks are very uncomfortable. I think well, the thin- what, what dress socks are you wearing? I don't like the thinness of a dress. Oh, sock. Every okay. time I throw on a dress sock, I think my foot's going to go right through them. <laughs> you have to put them on nice and slow. 
and it just takes so much time and and you they're uncomfortable wearing- they're uncomfortable <laughs> you you wear dress shoes with dress socks your feet hurt but if you had some nice padding it, like a regular cotton sock so like what you're are you saying what are you gonna wear at kev's wedding are we getting assigned socks uh, yeah we'll probably get dress socks we're wearing tuxedo shoes so I might switch them out for nice. You might block. have to call. You might have to call the board and ask if you get a if you get an exemption. That's going to be hard to get by. I will not be lobbying for that. I will no one will be- know. No one. No one will know, Dee. If I switch them out for the same colored socks, but they're black. You know, I got. I, I wear. I wear Puma socks, and they're nice and padded. You and throw on. You throw on the black Nikes. Not Nikes. Pumas. Oh, well, okay. Dude, talk about, but yeah, that way is going to be fun. But uh, I had a complete nightmare with the, with the tux uh, fitting. Oh, you, yeah, you, mine you wasn't yours, right? great either. <clears throat> that was a sobering moment for my waistline. Sobering. <laughs> That's why you're running eight miles a day. I see you in Strava. Unbelievable. I don't yeah, know how you keep yeah. at that pace. Um, but yeah, dude, mine was a complete disaster. I uh, what did they say? So I was, well, I went, I went home, and um, so it was a whole thing. I was, uh, I was working long hours, and I was like, I got to get off at like six o'clock so I can go to men's warehouse and figure this shit out. And as I'm going out the door, my mom's like, Oh, can you take me to book club? It's in the area by men's warehouse. And I'm like, I'm okay. going now, but book club was at seven. So she's like, oh yeah, I'll come with you for a little bit. But um, right after the fact, you just got to take me to book club, uh, book club. I was like, fine. So I go in there, me and her go in there and it's, it's gotta be the employee's first week in the job. She's a high school kid doing my measurements <laughs> and right away she has no idea how to work, like do anything. Like it was just a complete disaster. And for some reason, everybody in Tom's River at six o'clock on a Tuesday goes to men's warehouse. I don't know what it is. Jeez. So we ended up, I was there for 45 minutes and this girl brought me probably 15 jackets and, and 10 pants that were just like balloon pants and, <laughs> and circus jackets. It was the most uncomfortable. It was terrible. And she had no idea what she was doing. She brought me the slim fit. She brought me the, um the whatever athletic the athletic fit the athletic fit it, none, none of it was fitting so then it's like 645 she, she takes I'm, your measurements right yeah but she botched it and now it's a high school kid and it's one of those kids that you know i have friends like this not you but kids that just talk your ear off like right. once they're I in mean, their they're, ear, they're technically in the sales business they're in the sales business but i'm getting her whole life story right yeah, right. like you already know that, you know, her dad's got to go fund me because he lost his job for some unknown reason, you know, that kind of shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got the whole, I got the whole spiel. Like she was telling me she wanted to go to Harvard. And I was like, oh my God. What a transition from men's what, warehouse. I know, I, I, I know, right? But she's in high school. So anyway, oh. <clears throat> yeah, it was, a high, it was our first job. But uh, it was like 6.45 and I, I've had like a 10, 10 jackets that haven't been working. And now I got my mom in my ear saying she's going to be late to book club. I drove her, of course. So I had to leave, right? I left. Right. I said, I'll be right back. I got to take my mother down the street to her book club. So I do that. I come back, Deanie, and it had to be tactical. I have to, I had to hit the reset button here. I have to go in there <laughs> and find somebody else to do this because none of it's working. 
She did the wrong measurements. Everything was off. So I found this one woman that was very busy. And I was like, I need your help. Can you, and I, and I put on one of the jackets that like, I came back and there was 10 jackets in the room waiting for me, but she was helping somebody else. So I went in, I found a jacket that did not fit me at all. I was like, you think this fits? And she's like, absolutely not. Come with me. And I was like, and then I was good. <laughs> and then the other girl came, the other girl came back like a hornet, saw me with the other woman. And it's like, Hey, you know, I can help you right this way. I go, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm with her now. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Dude, I had to. You want me to be looking like a, like a clown at Kevin's wedding? A little men's still- warehouse sneak attack. Maggie, Maggie on the, the bootleg sneak. Oh, dude, I had to be tactical. I couldn't make eye did, contact. I was did, slithering uh, around. Did you get your mom to book club on time? Yeah, dude. She was early. Oh. Dude, it was a scene. I was, I, was, I was dripping sweating after I put on my 10th bad jacket. She was chirping me from outside the room. It was a mess. <laughs> Disaster. You know how the Italian moms get. Yeah. I miss my book club. What's going yeah. on here? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no. You got yeah, you definitely, And it's one of those weddings where, like, most of our, our circle of friends will be there and a lot of people that listen to this podcast. So, like, we, we're going to have to – we're going to have to dress nice. We're going to have to look good. Yeah. I mean, we I'll have to present. You got to present well. We'll see if uh, – We'll see if Kevin realizes that I uh, switched out my socks. Yeah, yeah. It'll. This will be a good gauge of if he still listens to us. Deanie, I uh, I looked up how to get um, knighted. It's only one hundred and thirty bucks. <laughs> you have to tell you have to tell the listeners what what you're referencing here. This has got to be. Yeah, I don't. This might be one of the most. I'm going to say out of all the insecure moments that I've known you, this is, this has got to be up there. This has to be up there. I mean, you talk about a guy who's looking at getting knighted in Scotland. Is it Scotland? Where is it? Wait, what country? All right, Maddie Miggs having a little bit of technical difficulty, but essentially what he's saying is, so the young woman that he is walking up with at our friend's wedding is a doctor. And Maddie Miggs is a little insecure about his title of Mr. Maddie Miggs. And the woman that he's walking with is a doctor. So he's kind of getting out alpha here title wise. So I'm going to try to get him back in to the room here. Um, we're going to get more commentary from him. All right, Maddie makes his back. But I was saying it's, very, it's a very insecure move by you because you're just worried about the doctor title, even though your profession doesn't have any doctors in it. Well, listen, Dini. So first of all, I wanted to be clear for the record. You're clear, the one that clear gave the this air. Idea. Clear the air. You, g- you, gave, you gave me this idea. And it maybe it started as an insecure moment, but now it's turning into this would be hysterical. Yes. But but it would be, I don't know, I might get some looks. So the backstory (laughs) is that did you get the backstory when I when I went out of Wi Fi here? Uh I I I did a TLDR. I said the the fine woman, the the young lady that is walking out with you in the wedding, she is a doctor. 
And when you're announced as Mr. Matty Miggs, or maybe nothing, maybe you're just Matt Migden. I we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go through the back door with the wedding DJ here too, Matty Miggs. Um, it's just gonna be doctor and then nothing. So you're a little worried. So you were looking into getting knighted, actually, which I recommended to you at EstablishedTitles.com. Go visit them. Uh, I mean, they're we're, they're not a sponsor of us, but if they'd like to be. Um, but yeah. I know you're doing your own research. Yeah, I mean, I just, everybody else is going to be introduced by their names. Like, you're going to be Michael Baldini, Joe's going to be Joe Marinari, I'm going to be Matt Migden. And all of your pairings is going to be also by their names. But my pairing is going by doctor. So, you know, congrats to her. That's a huge accomplishment, doctor. But, you know, I was thinking... If they I, said Sir Matthew Midden, I think that would be electric. <laughs> and if I had the certificate to back it up, yeah, who knows? Are you so you're gonna bring it to the front door? <laughs> no, I'll show it on my phone like it's my COVID vax card. Oh, okay. Well, you might need to. What if the DJ goes, "No, I can't. I'm not gonna call you Sir Matt Matthew Midden. I need to see like the receipt." You got you to gotta bring in your little jacket pocket. I know you're going to have a lot of room in that jacket because it'll probably be oversized. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I could probably fit the whole certificate. No, no, I'm not going to. I don't know if I'll do this. I know a lot of guys from the bachelor party are thinking about, you know, chipping in. But I'm not, no, not going to do it. Kevin would be upset. And it, it should be highlighted that she's becoming a doctor. That's very, that's very good. Uh, yeah. But but still, the thought does make me laugh, Sir, Sir Matt Migden. And it's cool that we know that you can get Sir'd now. Uh, or, uh, sorry, was it knighted? I mean, maybe I do it just for my LinkedIn profile, you know? Yeah, or just that, like I mean, that would be fact. the perfect move to impress people that you'll never meet in person. So that's nice. <laughs> um, All right. Gabagool is in the waiting room, but I also wanted to say Cam Smith definitely collapsed. Um, and it was a little bit of Scotty Scheffler just passing him, but on the 12th hole, I think that might be the worst, or it's the 12th or the 11th. I can't remember. The par three, the green's about nine yards. The landing surface is really, really tight. He just collapsed. And he's not the only one who's ever done that before, but. That might be the hardest hole in all of golf. And, you know, you could say like, hey, maybe like a 600-yard par five would be harder. But I think it's this this amen corner, hole 12. It's quiet back there. You know, it, it's just tough. And a lot of guys go in there a lot, and it's probably just going to continue to happen that way going forward. And I got the little stash here in honor of Cam Smith. I thought he was going to win, but I guess I shaved a little too preemptively. So, well, you would need the the mullet too. Yeah, which... I, I can't do the mullet. I, I the, the stash is look. good enough. I mean, if you're not Camp Smith, it's got to be very hard to pull off. I mean, the guy, exactly. he doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't really look too good. But he, uh, yeah, I think his um his collapse might be correlated to Marinari's live golf bet. We, we all knew that uh, Marinari was hot, right on a hot streak, Gabagool. 
and then he hit that live money line, Cam Smith, and we knew the collapse was coming. <clears throat> but I, I do, I like Cam going next year. I like, uh, I like Morikawa for next year. Some of these young guys are starting to play really well. Yeah, Morikawa, Morikawa is my guy. Unfortunately, he came on a little too late. But what is so the thing with Scheffler and when we were at the Waste Management Open, I don't even think we talked about the fact that he won that tournament because I just don't think anyone really cared that much. Like it wasn't really, and we're not the most in depth golf guys like Laz, but like I feel like we would have heard about it if it was like a Rory or a, a Spieth or a Thomas or a Rom. Whereas like mm-hmm. Scheffler's quietly putting on a really, really nice stretch. You said what? He's won four of his last six tournaments. Four I mean, of his last six, yeah. And I think this weekend it got a little overshadowed just by the fact that Tiger made this miraculous comeback. It was all Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. I was impressed with Tiger having what happened. You know, he plays a good first round, a decent second round, and then he kind of unravels. But like the fact that Tiger was even able to do that, you know, he's limping all over the place. I think that, uh, like, still. Tiger overshadowed Scheffler there. Yeah, I mean, he had the rod in his leg. He made the cut, which a lot of people didn't think he was going to do. He didn't play his best golf, but it was great to see Tiger. And and you're right. I think uh, when we were at the Waste Management, it was obviously K. Scott's bachelor party. Um, I think we were all sitting around watching the Super Bowl at, what was it, 3 o'clock over there? Three hours behind or yeah. two hours behind? And uh, – we were a couple of beers in after watch, uh, playing some golf. And I think one said, oh, Scheffler won. And then it was over. We didn't really think twice about it. Um, but, yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's pretty good. I like the tweets that say this guy looks like he's uh, a 40-year-old. And he's only 25. He's yeah, a 25, when you, 40-year-old. <clears throat> you, when you told me that, I was like, he looks like he already has a couple kids. He's like, he looks like a young 30-year-old. He kind of looks like a like a manager at EY kind of age group. Like he looks a little seasoned. Like maybe he's you know he has some miles in him, but he's twenty five. I think it's the height. Yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying with the seasoned look. You know, I mean, he's what what's the whole stat? I I bet you uh, Gabagool knows it. It's like it took him since winning his first tournament. 46 days to become the number one golfer in the world. Oh, Something wow. crazy like that. Let's let him in. <clears throat> we'll bring him in here. I don't you know. Is he on, what while. is he on video? Oh, yeah, there he is. He's got the, uh, the McDonald's headset on. Yeah. Looking like Jim Nance with the headset. <laughs> What's up, Joey? Cool jeans. <laughs> How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good, brother. What are we talking about tonight? We were just we're talking just about talk- the Masters a little bit, given given uh, like what happened with Tiger and everything. I feel like not as many people like Scotty Scheffler kind of got overlooked there because of how great Tiger was on one foot limping around. You think? I think a little bit. I think. People were more I think first three days for sure. People were more impressed with Tiger and the fact that he was back rather than Scheffler actually starting to rally. 
I guess that's a fair take because the main attraction for this Masters was Tiger. Absolutely. Coming into it, everybody wanted to see him. Miraculous that he played, too, if you really think about it, just because the man has rods and screws in his legs. They didn't even think he was going to walk again. So to come back and compete in the Masters and make the cut, too, that's just incredible. So you're right in that regard. And then Scotty Scheffler, I think what's incredible about that is he did run away with the victory, but there wasn't anything that was just like stand out. Like he did this phenomenally. He just didn't screw up. And if he did, like he recovered very well. I think Migs, you were watching with me. The first couple holes on Sunday for Scheffler were kind of dicey and we're just like, Oh no, Cam Smith went birdie birdie. What's going to happen here? And then that turning point when he chipped in, on the third hole, I think it was game over there. He needed them like that was the momentum that he needed right there. And then Smith bogeyed that. But I think it was a great all around Masters. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. A lot of good names in the leaderboard, too. Rory kind of coming back as well. Morikawa was there. Thomas was there. DJ was there for a little bit. Like it had it had everything for a good Masters. So I agree. And plus with the last couple. You know, the obviously the COVID one and the one in the fall, like Masters definitely was kind of back to normal this year, it felt like. It felt like there was a good energy there too. Did you guys make any money betting on the Masters? Yeah, I was um I was trying to track down what hole it was, but we were sitting at Bad Brother and I think Scotty was on I don't know. He's definitely on Joe. Let me know if you know. It was like 14 or 15, and he hit it right into a bush, and he could not. It was unplayable. You're thinking 18. Eight, was, was 18. it 18? Yeah, it was on 18. On 18, he hit it into a bush. It was unplayable on Saturday. And people were like, oh, it's bad. And I, I looked at DraftKings live line, and it went from – it went pretty drastic. He went from to outright winner of the whole tournament to minus 165. And he still had three strokes, three or four strokes on, the, on, on Cam. So uh, I freaking hit it for, I think, 20 bucks to win, I don't know, 12. But it was, it was, it was cash. Cash is cash. No significant but, money made on my side. Big-time loser of the week, though, Baldini, because you're a golf guy, right? So humor me for a second. Okay. Picture this. I have a bet. Tiger closest to the pin Saturday on the 16th hole. He's playing with... Who's he playing with again? I can't. I can't remember. Tiger was with uh, uh, the uh, Chilean guy. He was uh, Neiman. Neiman. No, not on Saturday. It doesn't matter who he was with. But um, regardless, um, closest to the pin, Tiger, and then whoever he was playing. Kisner. With. Kisner. Thank Kisner. you. Thank you, Kisner. Yeah. Good. Good oh, memory. Okay. Kisner. Um, Kisner goes first. Hits it. Hits the downslope of 16. You know how it kind of just runs to that right-hand side towards the water? Yeah. Trickles all the way down. And I'm just like, all right, Tiger, just hit the green pretty much, and I'm going to win this bet. This is great. Hits the very front of the green. He's on, but hits the front of the green. So we're like, all right, am I going to win this? What's going to happen? Kisner sets up to putt first. He's lining it up. And if you see Kisner putting first, what's your immediate reaction to that? That he's further away. That he's further away. Correct. That's just that's common golf etiquette. Everybody knows that. I check my bet slip is settled. Barstool, big L right next to it. Zero dollars. They took my money. 
was Kisner on the fairway or was he on like the fringe? Like they both were on the green. Oh, they okay. both were on the green. On the green. Kisner was yeah. putting first. I chatted Barstool. I think his name was Jack or something like that. I'm like, Jack, I think something screwed up here. Kisner was clearly further away than Tiger. I want my money. He's like, oh, we're getting a lot of volume about this right now. It'll appear in your bet slips as uh, settled as a win. Shortly. Oh, okay. I'm like, all right, cool. Yeah, never happened. So, I think Barstool just <laughs> the took funds like didn't hit yet. <clears throat> funds didn't hit yet. And was he? He was. He was clearly closer then, right? It I wasn't clear. No, it was. It was close. But Kisner putted first. I thought it was clear right from the get go. But and then the Kisner putting first. I'm like, this is a definite win, and just nothing happened. So I bet it on DraftKings too, Dini, and I lost. So we both oh. lost on different apps. It, yeah, I mean. Maybe we should still challenge it. I don't Gotta know. Be careful with the prop bets is all that I'm saying. What What's that like? Calling Barstool and asking, like, for a bet to go through. Like, who even answers the phones there? It was Jack from Support. I chatted him up. I'm just like Jack. Look, I'm having an issue. I placed a live bet. Tiger closest to the pin. Um, I think it should have hit as a win. Help me out. Mm. He's like, I'm looking into it, and he said it was, was going to settle as a win. Never did though. What uh, I guess here's my other question about the Masters. Who who do you think's like the next like top guy, or do you think it's a collection of guys? There's a lot of good young guys, but you think one's gonna like stand out sooner rather than later? I mean, Spieth was kind of there. Yeah, he missed the cut though. Um, but you're saying have, who's the next Spieth? I have a couple no, just like but no one's ever gonna be Tiger. But there's not like a top young guy in the game. It's like a collection of guys that kind of like to shuffle through the top 30. No, you're hundred percent right. Do you want to field this first mix? Cause I have a couple guys in mind. Uh, yeah, I think Scheffler, the guy's hot. I mean, he plays good. He play. he, he knows how to get himself out of trouble. Four of his last six. <clears throat> he's a humble guy. We all know that. I don't know if you've seen these interviews, but he's made like more money in the last two months than he did in his his whole career before the, these last two months so something crazy i think he's a humble guy he's got a good family he only Don't has count one him out does he have one major right yeah this that was, was only it. his fourth career it. tour win oh damn so i think you're right Migs. i agree with that in terms of just looking at the masters as a tournament as a whole scheffler i don't think is going anywhere he's a young talent I also think people that are going to be on the come up in the next couple of years, Cam Smith's going to be in contention every single year. I firmly believe that the man's rock solid. Uh, Migden's call of Sunjay M. He's on the come up. This was only his second Masters. He's making some noise right away. He's going to be in contention constantly. How um, is he young though? Yeah, I'm pretty uh, sure he's like 23 or something like that. Oh, wow. Double check. Yeah, he's a lot of young bulls, he, I yeah. think he's a young guy. Willie Zalatoris, he's going to be relevant for a very long time. He, I mean, a strong gust of wind will blow him over. But, <laughs> oh, that's something. Megden, do you remember hearing that stat that they threw out there? They were throwing out some wild stats this weekend. And Will Zalatoris ranked like third on the PGA in yards per pound for driving. Didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, at I the bottom of the list, you can find probably John Rahm and Patrick Reed. Don't like both of them, but um, yeah, <laughs> Willie Zalatoris, he rips the ball at like 150 
50 pounds soaking wet. Buck 65 listed. So that's probably 10 pounds added. You're probably right. A buck 55, 62. This guy's a string bean. 25, graduated from Wake Forest, graduated our year. I remember when he was the amateur on the Masters and he was making some noise. Now he's a. That was last year, right? Yeah. I think he'll be relevant for a very long time, especially at a guy like DJ's. DJ's pretty old. Maybe I could see Thomas going on a little bit of a run. I could get behind that. But maybe Morikawa. I could see Morikawa winning a couple more. Larry Condors was there on the last day. There were a lot of good young guys that I think are going to be competitive in the years to come. I think we have some good Masters tournaments coming up. Yeah, I agree. I like that. Should we pivot to the Sixers? Yes. And they even wanted to talk about it. I've been, I've been dying to talk about it. I'm glad I have Gabagool here too. Because yeah, I feel – sorry, go ahead, Dini. I just – this – it was – it's weird because like two months ago or whenever we got Harden until now, it's just been a, like a cliff dive almost, right? I mean – and Maybe given, just for you though because I worry about you. I really do. I mean, the other night I'm, I'm about to lay my head on the pillow. I see fourth and long going live. I look at it and I think it's Laz butt dialing a live a live stream. No, it's a black screen. Nobody's talking. I text in our group chat. Is anybody on live by accident? No answer. And as soon as I sent, or as like thirty seconds after I send it, I hear your voice in the pitch black, <laughs> in a calm demeanor. This this Just, was me. Talking about Doc Rivers and, and James Harden. My I'm mind, concerned, Dini. My mind races late in the night before I go to bed. And I don't know. I just feel like how this thing has unfolded and how like horrible it is sometimes to be a Philadelphia fan. It's like you can just feel it. Like the pain, the suffering of being a Sixers fan. It, it's been brutal. Like, and I don't, I don't have a good taste in my mouth about playing the Raptors. I really don't. Like, last year, I had pretty big expectations. You know, we were the one seed. Things were going well. Like, we obviously had our weaknesses with Simmons. But, like, I thought we were probably going to get to the conference finals. And just I see clear weaknesses with the team. You know, lack of depth. You know, you got Doc Rivers just being stubborn, throwing guys under the bus. Um and the thing with Harden's like, it's not like he's not trying right now. He's just going to turn it on. Like he, there's clearly something wrong there. Maybe he's washed or that hamstring is a big issue. I mean, watching these games, he's passing up on clear opportunities and it's a lot of dribbling and not a lot of like getting anywhere. So I'm nervous, but you know, I think our big man, obviously, no one can guard and beat on the Raptors. So I feel good about that part, but Raptors are solid, Migs. I don't think you'd overlook them either. Well, I'm looking at the last game they played. Didn't they just play? Yeah, I was there. I was there. Harden got called for a charge in the last two seconds of the game, and they lost. Well, Harden did not have a good day. He had 13 points. He had 15 assists. Plus minus is at seven. But wow, look at 
look at Gary Trent Jr. Don't count him out. Dog. He's going to get Barton some issues. He's a dog. He's a he's a Duke one and done player. Bounced around with Dollar Dame and CJ for a little bit. Figured out the NBA, and now he's going to be a playoff beast. I worry about him. I worry about Siakam. But I will say that they're well coached. They're well coached. The two teams I don't want to play have the best coaches, Nurse and Spolstra. I don't want to play either of them until the latest time possible. But, dude, I think you would – I think the Sixers drawing the Raptors is way better than, like you said, Miami, Milwaukee, even if they had to play the Nets after the play-in game. Like, I'd rather Toronto. No? I mean, it would have been nice to get Chicago as a five and we're the four. Chicago's just been shitty for a while now. They had that good first run, and then everything just kind of fell apart with them. They're an easy first round, but I think Raptors will probably take us to six, maybe, God forbid, seven. But, I mean, I don't – as long as the first round's fairly easy, but it's not. It's the Sixers. Like, they never make it easy, you know? And Embiid's always going to be constant, but I don't know about these other guys. I don't know what – I don't know what lineup Doc's going to put in. Like in the fourth quarter, when we start to welter away our 13 point lead. So I'm looking at this play in game setup, and it's different than I originally thought. I thought it was you win and you're in. But according to this, so Brooklyn yeah. plays Cleveland as the seven and eight. Winner of that gets Boston as the seven seed. Correct. So then we got nine and 10, Atlanta and Charlotte playing each other. The winner of that gets the loser of the seven and eight game. And then the winner of that goes on to play Miami as the eight seed. Correct. That's interesting. I didn't know that. I thought it was win and you're in. So I thought Miami was getting either Atlanta or Charlotte. Yeah. So they'll yeah, get, if I'm, they might get, they might get, uh, wait, hold on. They'll probably get Cleveland, right? Unless Atlanta sneaks in there. You're assuming Brooklyn's going to take down Cleveland then? Yeah, I think so. I think they have enough to get it done. That's fair to say. I'm going to, I'm going to take the optimistic standpoint on this. I think, to Migden's point, we could have drawn a worse hand than Toronto. They're playing well. But I wouldn't want to run into Brooklyn right away. Or even... Megan was saying it too. Even like someone, if we drew a one seed and got like Charlotte, but I think, I think Toronto we can manage, and I'm really hoping Brooklyn takes on Boston. That's a long drawn out series, and by the time either Boston, Brooklyn, or Milwaukee like they get further in the playoffs, they're going to be drained from just like long, long series. I think it looks like, well, no, I guess technically if we win, we get the. We'll get the um, the highest seed remaining. So Miami, we'd probably, we'd probably get Miami, right? That would be a Which, tough matchup. That's a nightmare for James Harden too. They have a lot of good defensive guards. This is all on Harden's shoulders. Is man. James onto something? I might be stirring the pot here, just like playing devil's advocate or whatever you want to call it. But is is James? Does he know what he's doing? Is he hustling? I mean, yeah. Is he is he kind of like 
hustling the league right now. Megs. Make him think that there's an issue when there really isn't. <laughs> and then when playoff time comes around, I know when he was in Houston, he kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. But, Don't do this to me again. <laughs> I, I, dude, I, I'm telling you, Harden, I, I hate the narrative that he just doesn't win play, in big games and playoff games. No, I'm not even saying that. He's just not the same player anymore. But no, yeah, I think he's going to come on. He's okay. going to come on. Well, what does that mean? All right, define, define what that means. He's going to take a more offensive role. You said he's not really shooting. He's dribbling around too much. He's just – I think he's going to really take charge here because everybody knows Embiid's the guy, and if we can really just feed Embiid, they're going to get stopped. They're not going to make it very far in the playoffs. So James is going to have to take almost – we already know he's a leader, but he's going to have to take more of a leadership role in this. Yeah, you're going to see Harden with the ball a lot. I think, especially if you go down this series, he's going to – because what happens here, Dini, is if you guys do not beat the Raptors in the first series, you do not advance to the next, to the Miami, it's going to be a fire sale. Harden's going to be gone, not coming back. Doc Rivers is going to be out, not coming back. There's going to be rumors that if Embiid wants to stay, he's going to be in the block. This series is huge because, because I'm telling you, if if Harden doesn't work, if doesn't if you do not win, Harden leaves in the offseason and Bede's not going on to be a Sixer next year. Because he's going to say, and the Sixers are probably going to say to themselves, we still have a lot of value for Embiid. Let's let's start the process over. No. If it doesn't stop. work this stop. I, I'm telling you. And it's not, he's no. going to restart the process. I think I'm not trying to get under your skin here. I think I think realistically, if we do end up losing, or if we don't even get past the second round, Doc will probably get fired. And we'll I'm saying first stop. round. Okay, okay. Let's say if we lose to Toronto, right? It's gonna be a hard. It's gonna be a hard, hard conversation with Maury and Brand and Harden if we even want him back. But and Beatle stay. Doc will probably get fired. He'll probably go coach your Lakers and get pushed to Brown by LeBron. It'll be fine. But this is the cycle that we constantly go through as Sixers fans. The identity change. Harris will probably be gone. We'll maybe try to get a new star in here. I don't know. Is that going to work? Who knows? But it's always – and beads like our light at the end of the tunnel, but then we don't go right to the light. We, we stay in the tunnel and try to go different ways. What are the odds that James actually leaves? If they lost first round. What are the odds? Because I forget who I was having this discussion with. It was probably you, Migden, that he's reaching the point where where's the value of James Harden hopping teams constantly to yeah. find that championship? I'm thinking I would never want this to happen, but say they do go out first round, right? Maybe it's just Doc. Doc gets booted. James is like, let's bring in a coach that could really work with us here. And then next year, we can see what happens. Like, I'm thinking that's absolute worst-case scenario. I don't think James is going to necessarily jump ship if they don't take out the Raptors in round one. I, well, I hope not. I mean, he's got all of his boys here. You know, he wanted to come to Philly way back, so I'm right. hoping one. You're right. Maybe I did jump the gun. But I'm saying I, could see, I see it turn fast in Philadelphia. We saw what happened last year with Ben. It, you know, if you guys don't perform, the city goes up in flames here. I mean, we see it every year with, the, with a Philadelphia team. So, 
Yeah, right. Doc Doc might be out. Could, you know what Maury's going to want. Maury's going to want your boy D'Antoni. Harden's going to want his boy D'Antoni. Is D'Antoni the answer? Run and gun? D'Antoni's the answer. Then Embiid doesn't fit in that system. Is Embiid going to be turned for some first no, value? No, dude, stop. We're, I'm looking way too far into this. I, I want to talk about the team, how it's constructed right now. Why are we looking this for the next season do. already? Because you're the one that's saying that you're stuck in the tunnel. You can't get to the light. I'm saying, I'm saying it, it just seems like everything's so miserable here with how things are going with James. But look, all right. So if it, I do blame Doc for a lot of these lineup, you know, debacles, but here's Harden's last 12 games. Three for six, five for eight, six for 12, three for six. 0 for 6, 5 for 7, 2 for 6, 2 for 4, 2 for 6, 2 for 3, 2 for 8, 5 for 7. So the shooting how numbers many minutes, to, How many minutes is he playing when he's only shooting three and five times? These are his – these must be his field goals inside of three-point line. Hold on a sec. There's no way. Harden's got to be shooting 20 – in the playoffs, if you guys want a chance to, to win here and go far – He's got to have at least 15 to 20 shots a game a night. Right. I agree. So, but in general, there are games here where I see 29% shooting, 38% shooting, 33% shooting, 27% shooting. That can't happen in the playoffs. It won't. Don't worry. It can't. It might happen a game or two. There's nothing to make you think that it'll change. We've played playoff caliber teams in this last stretch, and it's, it's like embarrassing when – he's dribbling around and he's trying to get past guys and the Raptors are just letting him dribble outside there and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. So to that point, you're all doom and gloom over there. We've played playoff caliber teams in the last stretch. That's what you said. We've just won five of our last six games. We beat Charlotte. We beat Cleveland playoff teams. And I'm still going with the argument that James is not showing his hand. We all played right. Milwaukee, Charlotte, Cleveland, Toronto, all potential teams that I guess you could theoretically run into in the playoffs. I'm optimistic. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it, it could So what's going to happen with uh, – What? But then, why? If you're a good NBA player, like, why would you reasonably do that? You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, but, you know, the way the – way, He's an NBA player, like Harden. I, I've watched him for a while. He just needs to see one go in, and then he, he'll forget about it. He'll, it's, it's a game of streaks. People play good. Like Scotty Scheffler's on a heater right now. Right. Harden's in a valley. He's going to come back. He's going to see a couple go in. He's going to know that a lot of people are watching. He's a Showtime-like player. I just I think he will figure it out. I don't think that he's going to struggle and it's going to be a disaster. I think he's going to figure it out. And I'm, this is me, you know, Joey likes to say I'm a Sixer hater. I love James Harden. I'm going to be rooting for him. So I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're going to beat the Raptors and everything's going to be good. And then Miami's going to be the, tra- the, the, the problem. We're going to record another podcast and you're going to say Miami's nothing to worry about like a couple of years ago. And then Jimmy Butler, <laughs> who knows what's no. going to happen? I mean, I, I did say that like probably a couple months ago when we beat them, but now the team is so much different. Also, the thing about Doc, when Doc makes comments like that, 
about Paul Reed and, you know, he plays fucking DeAndre Jordan who can't jump three inches off the floor. Like that's when you lose the locker room. Like stuff like that hurts the chemistry. Harden's not a guy that's going to get the chemistry back. We all know that. If anything, Embiid is going to try by putting up, you know, whatever, 35 and 10, whatever. But this, like, I feel like the locker room is slowly kind of like coming apart here at the worst possible time. That's why I'm worried. But I do think we can get past the Raptors. And that'll be good motivation for us going forward to Miami. I might, uh, I might bet big money now on Garrett. Uh, yeah, I'd probably bet big money on Siakam to have big games three and four because your boy Thigh Bowl is not going to be able to travel to Canada. I mean, yeah, how about that? Nobody's talking tough. about that. That's another layer, too. I mean, disadvantage. It hurts, definitely hurts our defense. It's not like Harris can guard anyone either. I don't know. It's tough. I'll but. be rooting for James. I'll be rooting for Harden. I'll be rooting for the Sixers. And, and I don't really have any skin in the game for the Raptors. I don't love Doc, but I'll be rooting for James Harden. I want James Harden to score 60 points in game one and Philly just go crazy. That's what I want. All right, quick question. Give me. Well, what are you I'll shaking do... your head about? <laughs> it just confirms everything. Like, I don't get it, dude. You've lived in Philadelphia for eight years. You can't just root for one team. I'm gonna root for James Harden. You can't. I'm rooting for. All right, fine. I'm rooting sounds, for the Sixers. Sounds, I'm rooting said, for the Sixers. No, you success. said you're rooting for James Harden because. God knows if James Harden was not on this team, if he was somewhere else in the East right now, you'd be rooting for them. <laughs> I mean, maybe you're right. But, no, I, I do – where did Dini go? He left. Oh, I okay. – uh, <laughs> Can you not see I me? want – no, I can't see you. I want okay. Harden's team to have success, and that happens to be the Sixers. So there you go. All right, that's fine. Take it, is, take it, where is, you, take it when you is, can. Take it when I can, but I'm glad we're both on the same page now. You accept he's, it. He's trying to build us up so that we can be really excited. And then, of course, when it doesn't happen, then he goes, I told you so, Miami no. Heat. Oh, don't worry. He's already, he's already <laughs> prepped for the Sixers faltering in the playoffs. He will don't, be. Don't you he, worry. His, he will be like, you'll see it. You'll have to watch. You live with him. You'll have to see his body language when the Sixers lose the series, if they do. He'll he'll be like he'll he'll run to the couch faster. He'll 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 get up for work like fifty minutes earlier. He'll be in a good mood. I'm telling you, he'll oh, get no, extra the, cream in that fucking Starbucks <laughs> coffee. <laughs> the ideas were cooking tonight. I thought it was his turkey melt on the stove burning, but it turns <laughs> out it was just the gears in his head churning. It was just crazy. <laughs> Steam was coming off. Thought he blew so, his gas you know, in his I, head. Nothing I want more. Nothing I want more than watch. To a Miami Heat Philadelphia 76er playoff game with you two because that would that would be great. Just so, who all right, right now, who do you have winning the East? The Heat, come on. All right, I got Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee, I think Giannis knows that he can take over series now after that playoff run last year. I like, I like Milwaukee. If, if the Sixers obviously don't figure it out, they just don't have enough to get past Milwaukee. Maybe not even the Heat. Sad to say, I know. But so I got Milwaukee. I think Maybe. the winner. 
I think the winner of the Miami Sixers game, because they're going to be Toronto, I think is going to win the East. Because I truly, truly think Brooklyn, Boston, and Milwaukee, they're all going to have to meet at some point. And those final two are just going to absolutely burn themselves out before getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. And whoever they run into, be it it Miami or Philadelphia, I think they're going to take them. Migs. So the winner of that series, Miami, oh, Philadelphia. No, you're good. All right. I like it. What about the West? Dean, I know me and you like to like to talk about how it's like a player like playoffs is all about the players. Uh-huh. Like the, the team with the best player is gonna go the furthest. So it's tough to call out, like not count out KD, but I, I hear what you're saying, Joe. If and I'm looking at this bracket. Is it almost an advantage for Brooklyn to play Miami in the first series rather than Boston and then Milwaukee? Because they might be saying, okay, we're not worried about Philly. We just went on the road and fucking blew them out. No offense, guys. Toronto, they're probably not too worried about. Well, Kyrie can't play in Canada, so that's another point. I'm just thinking, do you think there's these conversations are happening where Steve Nash is saying it's not the worst-case scenario if we lose? I don't think any NBA head coach would be game planning to lose a playoff game intentionally. I would agree with that. I would agree with that, but I think the top teams in the East are a little worried about Brooklyn. I think I don't I think Milwaukee matches up with them well and they don't really care, but they're not even in that side anymore. I think Boston didn't want to see them, even though they're gonna see them. I don't think Philly wanted to see them first, given how they match up too. I mean, KD could pretty much just do whatever he wants on the floor. It's it's hard to stop him, obviously. Um, I'm hoping maybe Boston could take them. Or the Boston-Brooklyn series goes to seven. They're beat mm-hmm. up. Sixers maybe come out of that Miami series, and then we get something special with Sixers. That would be favorable for us. But – I don't know. I think Brooklyn's going to try to win. They're probably not going to lose to the Cavs. Maybe, I don't know. If they try to lose to the Cavs, then they play Miami. That's still a hard series. Miami's a deep team. Yeah. I mean, they. it would be tough. But I'm just saying, if Brooklyn beats Boston, then they have to go face Giannis. If, if you know, we never know. It's playoffs. We never know what's going to happen. Wait, I do have a question. Is it based? Is this bracket based off of? Let me word this better. Later on in the playoffs, is the back? Is the bracket based off seating alone, or is it how it's set up? How I'm looking at it on my screen right now, because theoretically, if Brooklyn beats Cleveland, goes on to play Boston, beats Boston, are they now going to get Miami because they're the lowest seed left? So no. Miami having the one seed privilege gets the lowest seed left, or is it based on how it's set up, how I'm looking at it right now? No, I think what you just said is I think that only happens in football. Okay. I, I think. Danny, am I right? I think so, yeah. Well, so, like, the only, like, weird stuff is with the play-in and then everything else it's goes set. smooth. Yeah, like a bracket. I, 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 that's a good question, though, because I know, like, in football, you get that top seed in the AFC or the NFC – it, yeah, it, 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 it's based on lower seed. They get the lowest seed possible. I, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. 
I mean, honestly though, Megs, who like if there's a team on the in the East that can make a sneaky run, wouldn't you say it's the Raptors besides Brooklyn? No, I would say like uh, I don't know, man. It's a weird. It's definitely Maybe a weird Philly? setup. Maybe, I, I I mean I like I like Philly to make the sneaky well, run. I'm saying I, yeah. I feel like if, if we're a Philadelphia based podcast, so like if you talk to anybody in Miami, Toronto, Boston, they're saying you know Philly's nothing to worry about right now. Harden's not playing well. It can't be all Embiid, but you have an MVP on your team, which I think he should win MVP. That's a whole other discussion. I know Dini's chomping at the bit to talk about that. Is it going to be Jokic? Is it going to be Embiid? You yeah, won the scoring well, title. Why don't we just get into that now? I feel like, I mean, the West will. Pr- I think the West will be a little more predictable, just because I think the Suns are really, really good. I'll be. I think I'm going to be rooting for Golden State, though. I don't know. I feel like I like the Suns. I don't want a repeat of last year, though. But I could definitely see it happening. I don't know, Migs, what do you think before we go into the MVP discussion? Uh, or Memphis. Yeah, Memphis is a young team. They got a lot of good role players. They, they play a certain style. They're going to be tough. I, I would love to see Memphis square off against Golden State. That would be a good series. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. I, I, I think the Suns are going to get there again, but I think it's going to be more exciting than we think. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be a cakewalk. I think the playoffs is going to be very dramatic. You don't have anybody, like, a clear cut. Like, there was for years we knew that Golden State and, and LeBron would be playing against each other. Right. right. Now it's different. Yeah, I agree. So, before I get into the MVP talk, Migs, I want to know who – you'd vote for and then we'll go into maybe more details but i i have my answer but i want to know like your thought process here yeah man i mean you probably want me to say jokic for the content of the show but uh no whoever you want Listen, i think what Embiid's done has been remarkable i will say this he's a 7 foot player who he the way he moves and, and throws his bo- body all over the place and with his injury history I, I worry every time he lands I really do me being you know two two-time ACL survivor here um, but I I watch him and he although his game is not sexy I know Laz would always like to say his game is not sexy but it gets it done I don't love that the way he gets a lot of his points are at the free throw line. And a lot of it's head, like head fake and then contort your body to get the foul rather than make a basketball move. He does that a lot. And you guys could admit it. It's okay. With all that being said, I still think points are points. I knew you were going to say that. So Jokic just won last year. He had a great year again this year. I think you take Embiid off the Sixers right now. Right now. Hmm. Sorry, let me rephrase that. To start the year, because when did Harden come in? Like a month ago? How many games does Harden play? As a yeah, Harden, probably like 20. Okay, the 20 game, before the 20 games start, if you take Embiid off the Sixers, they might not win more than five games. I think, <laughs> I really do. 
But with Harden, yeah, they, they, Harden can get other players involved, have the ball in his hands at all times. I'm just long story short, I'm giving it to Embiid. Really? Title first, yeah, first scoring title since Shaq and since 1999 or 2000. Um, how many games did he have 40 and 10 this year? It was incredible how many 40 point games. I think had. he had over like 10. Most, most in a season. Ever? In the history of the NBA, or just him? Yeah, forty and ten games. He had most ever in a season. There you go. I I think he deserves it. He'll never be able to replicate this type of year. So this is it for him. If he can't win it this year, he's never going to win. Yeah. So uh, I hope I he mean, does. I I think he deserved it. I, his team is better than Jokic's. They have a better record. I think that plays into it. Stats alone, I think he beats Jokic. I like. And being to win the MVP. All right. I'm actually going to vote for Jokic. Even though I love Embiid. Obviously, I'm a Sixers fan. And I think... So, I don't know. I just have this feeling that Jokic has more fans than Embiid. And the way that the voting system works, it's mostly writers that have biases. And if you look at their records, Philadelphia is 51 and 31, four seed. Denver's 48 and 34, six seed. The records aren't that much different. So I think maybe you cancel those out. And B did miss a good stretch because of COVID. So I don't want to hold that against him. Also, he had to deal with the whole Ben Simmons thing. But, you know, I feel like a lot of these voters are just obsessed with stats. So they might not look at that. So I think that's going to hurt. I think the fact that, you know, Jokic put up a better season than last year and he won he MVP did. last year. Oh, like, I didn't know that. How could you not give it to him? But he also did 2,000 points, 1,000 rebounds, 500 assists, never done before. So I think, like, there's historical stats on both sides. I think Jokic – means more to the Nuggets than Embiid to the Sixers. I think the offense basically just goes through Jokic the entire game. The, like, the stats are very, very close, but I feel like the way it's going to maybe play out, they'll probably see Jokic played more games. The team would be nothing without him. And I think maybe maybe they'll use the free throw thing against him, like you said, Migs. I don't know. It's possible, but um, I actually did a deep dive on it. Did a little, did a little Twitter thread about it. So I'm just gonna go through mm-hmm. it, and maybe it'll give you a little better picture here. But it suck it. It sucks because he just had a better year and he won MVP last year. So, all right, here we yeah, go. Yeah, I think. Uh... I think what's going to hurt him be now that I'm looking more into it is he's the first Jokic is the first player ever to have 2000 points, 1000 rebounds and 500 right. assists in one year. I, I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. It's like, it's stupid. And B did have a higher usage rate and more points per minute, but I guess it just all depends on what the voters really hone in on. Team field goal percentage went on off the floor. Jokic is on the floor. Nuggets shoot 57.6% versus 
51.8% when he's off. Embiid, 54.7 versus 51.3. So, Jokic, I guess you give him the nod there. But, and I get, you know, they did play each other and the Nuggets won in Philly. So that's probably going to weigh a little bit more too. I, I don't know. It's just, it's weird because like probably one of the closest MVP races we've had in a while. Would you say? Yeah. I mean, who was it? I mean, joke, it was Jokic and Giannis last year. Jokic had an amazing season. Now he has even a better year. I'm looking to see who uh, I'm, I, I got some research going on. I want to see who the voters are. Because I remember a couple of years ago, Ramona Shelburne got a vote. and she. I think she still it. does. It's a lot of the writers, basically. Well, Philly's a big market team. Right. What, what do you think, Marinari? <clears throat> so, I don't know how valuable my opinion's worth because I am a football guy, but I do recognize value when I see it. Um, who do I want to win? Obviously, Embiid. Who do I think is deserving of it? I think it's Jokic. Um, and then at the end of the day, I think Jokic is going to win it because I'm looking at the Nuggets starting lineup right here. And I truly, when it comes down to it, the, like the nuts and bolts, it's when you award MVP, which you guys talked about earlier, it should be awarded to the man who, if you removed him from the team, how would that team perform without him? And taking the hardened factor out of it, I still think the Sixers would perform slightly better um, without Embiid. The Nuggets would be lost. I'm looking at Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, and Monty Morris. Are any of those stars in the NBA? No. I would say... So, so basically... Oh, you're good. You're good. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think the second best player on the Nuggets averages like maybe less than 14 points per game. Yeah, so that's kind of hard to argue against. And taking out the statistics factor completely, Embiid being the leading scorer, Jokic with the crazy season that he had, just from a value standpoint, to put your team in a position um, as a sixth seed in the playoffs, is that what it is? Yeah. Um, I think that's remarkable. And if you removed him from the picture, they wouldn't even be in the playoff conversation in the slightest. So yeah, but neither the six. I I hear what you're saying, and I wish that they they did vote that way, but they don't, unfortunately, because LeBron would have won like this like half of his career. And that's what pains me to say, because as much as I despise mm -hmm. LeBron, um, both on and off the court, I he truly does. Aside from this year and previous years, if they did vote on that he should win mvp every single year but you're right it does come down to a lot of factors like statistics and whatnot um i mean Embiid had 40 30 point games leads the nba jokic only had 22 i mean i guess he doesn't he does other stats like in like the 2000 one. jokic has way more assists too that's you know i guess it depends. It, it, I think it's going to come down to what you what stats you value the most. 
Jokic, I think I'm I'm pretty sure the Sixers had a harder schedule too. And what about all the Ben Simmons bullshit he had to deal with earlier in the year? I think they're forgetting that we didn't have Harden the entire year. We only had him for 20 games. I think that's what's going to hurt him at the end of the day because you're just looking at recent bias. You know Harden's on the team. I think another thing to be said to Embiid's point, he kept up these production numbers with another superstar on the team. Right. I think that's something to be said for. He's He was the guy before Harden came, and he was still putting up ridiculous numbers after one of the best players in the NBA joined their team. Yeah. I think that that should be taken into account as well. I think it's it's really close. I think they both deserve it, but I don't know. Gun to my head, I'd probably have to go Jokic. But it's really, really close. It's really close. I agree with that. It's just like it's hard to say, all right, this guy shouldn't win MVP even though he had a better season than last year when he won MVP. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Maddie Miggs is in the weeds over there. I am in the weeds. I I, cause I, I watched him beat more than I watched Joe Kitch. I mean, I didn't have any – I didn't – I didn't get the NBA league pass this year. I, uh, I, I, as much as I didn't really thought Embiid had a sexy game the way he scored, I gave him a lot of credit for being so durable. I mean, he was out not for injury purposes, right? It was just COVID for a little bit. Yeah, just he COVID. stayed healthy, and he took some tough falls. I'm this this is one. Uh, what am I on right now? I'm on a sports not NAUT. As Embiid number one here, they said that Embiid since mid-December is averaging 33-12-4 and four on 52% shooting. I mean, that's mind-boggling. Yeah. 52% from the field, 37% from three. They have him abo- above uh, Jokic. Uh, it's going to be close. It's going to come down to what writers watch what games. That's what it's going to come down to. Is Ramona Shelburne going to say Kevin Durant again after playing 18 games in 2017? Maybe. It's, right. it's, all, it's all popularity content. Exactly. You don't know yeah. what the hell is going to happen. That was the – I think it was 2017. When did Russ win? When did Russ win the MVP? He broke all his records. 17. Maybe 17 or 18. I forget. It was, I think I say this once every two months in the 2017. Podcast. 17. 2017. Like, I think he was the he was one or two votes away from unanim first unanimous MVP, and yeah. Ramona Shelburne gave it to a Kevin Durant who missed half the season and with a sprained MCL. I think where Embiid injury. could benefit is like people don't like to pick back to back MVPs. I think it's just like, hey, let's be different. Let's choose this guy who just won the scoring title and he's a center. You know, so. Maybe Embiid will benefit a little bit from that. But Jokic is looked at really favorably by the league. Like, I feel like not that Embiid deserved this smack talk from people, but, like, ever, like I've talked to people who aren't Sixers fans that think Embiid's, like, annoying. Like, guys, maybe not guys who follow the NBA, but, like, I think Embiid can rub people the wrong way because he's just a – such a happy, like, go lucky guy, and he like likes to fool around and like, you know, fuck around on the court with his celebration. Sometimes, like, 
I know that rubs people the wrong way, but like as a fan, I absolutely love it. So who knows? You know, that's and what I was going to come bring, such you know? a long way. I it's going to be close. Like obviously, I don't want co MVPs, but you could justify it. I'm looking for odds now. The last time I it. checked, Jokic was the high favorite, highly favorited. Don't forget about how Jokic. Uh, talk about character. You know, we all love the Jokic brothers on Twitter and whatever. And Embiid, people hate because of his like his over the top celebrations. But Jokic, like this season, put one of the Mars twins out for like five months with a with a takedown, which was completely unnecessary. He got thrown out of the game. I think he got suspended for a game. You know what I'm talking about, Danny? Yeah. Markeith Morris. I would say any fight against the Morris brothers is probably justified, but I would agree. Surprised you win that they fight. Suspend, too. They suspended him for one game. I mean, Jokic is a seven foot Serbian, Joe. This is, this is Joe Marinari who thinks he can tackle Derrick Henry in open field. <laughs> he thinks he probably can jab a, a seven foot one Serbian Jokic. Right, I'm about to watch this again. I mean, how do you. Sidelined for four months. Unbelievable. Talk about character. They should give it to Embiid. Give it to Embiid. I think the Sixer fans need this. They need Embiid to win MVP just because there could be a first-round exit on the horizon. They need something to when put does, their hat on after they walk in through the door. When do they announce it? They do like an award show now. Isn't it? Uh, is it before the finals? I thought it was. It was right before the finals, I thought. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, not good timing if we're out of the playoffs. <laughs> it could be like, hey, here's a consolation prize. We'll give we'll give Embiid the MVP when you guys don't make the finals. And you guys have been on vacation for three weeks. Doc Rivers is already in a different conference. I could see it. <laughs> Yeah, and then I would turn on, uh, what is it, 97.4? 97.5 in the morning, and I'll hear how it was such a challenge for him to be the win MVP with Doc Rivers. Can you imagine what he does with Mike D'Antoni or Nick Nurse or whoever's going to be? Jay Wright will be in the equation on like half the callers that day. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It'll still be fun, though. But I'll be watching every game. But, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. All right, Gobble thanks for coming on. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for uh, putting up with me for so long. Headset sounds good, by the way. What is that? These are my turtle beaches. Took them right oh, off the Xbox. Turtle beaches? Well, because my AirPods don't connect to my computer anymore. So I figured, <laughs> hey, if they work on Fortnite... Manny Migs, are you familiar with the turtle beaches? Yeah, I got my own set of turtle beaches. Marinara actually bought me some a couple of years ago because I, I had uh, I would go on the Xbox app to play Fortnite. I haven't played. That, we haven't played in a while. We haven't played in so long. Turtle beaches were where you could hear the footsteps in MW two. Oh yeah, I used to drop shot Dini on Rust all the time. <laughs> I sent him crying to his mom as a little kid. <laughs> all, all right. right on thanks, that note, I'll, yeah. See you later. <laughs> so what, what what haven't we covered it's been a long show 
Yeah, it has. I almost was thinking about doing a two-parter for this, but we'll see. Uh, Maybe we should. We can. Yeah, I know you get crafty with it. You can go Masters and Foolery. You have Miami and Phoenix? Yeah. Okay. And I have have Phoenix and Milwaukee, but I don't know. We'll see. What about – give me a dark horse team not in your finals prediction. All right, you said Sixers in the East, right? Yeah, like to actually go to the finals, like make a run. Make a run, maybe like a conference finals. Yeah, I I, I can see uh, Golden State doing it as a three seed. What about what about Boston? Yeah, the hot team right now. They didn't they lose their center? I mean, how how long is yeah. he out for? I think he might be out for the first series. So that could hurt. That could hurt them. But against... Tatum and Brown, they figured it out. I don't is, know. Is that, who you, is that who you're picking? Well, I don't think a dark horse team is a two seed. So I think if Toronto beats Philadelphia, that I think they're my dark horse team. I don't want them to be, but like they're a complete team. Seeing them play a couple times, and they play small ball, which is good. They can play. They put Siakam at the center sometimes. I just think they have a lot of really solid guys. They don't have a star, but if I don't know, are they a dark horse if they take Philly to seven? <laughs> Is that valid? What about the Hawks? Yeah, Are the Hawks can. gonna make any noise this year? We'll see. They're kind I, of a I, mess. I'm thinking maybe the Buck, the Bulls can give the Bucks a hard time. Uh, you never know with the Rosen and how he can score. They're a young team. And young then I think my energy. West team. I think my West team will probably be for Dark Horse. Maybe maybe Dallas. Maybe Luca puts it on, puts on a show. Luca is a. Yeah, I don't. You can't count him out. You know he's gonna win first round against Utah because Donovan Mitchell, as soon as he loses that playoff series, is gonna be a Nick next year. It's gonna be great. Um, yeah, he's gone. I think he's gone. He's gone. I think Gobert might be gone too. They're not. I, that stat is crazy. That he was he passed to him twice a game. Who? <laughs> you didn't see that stat? It was Mitchell. Like Donovan Mitchell averages two passes a game to Gobert. No way. Are you shitting me? So those were all Joe Engel's assists. Wow, I didn't know that. Damn. He averages two passes to Rudy Gobert a game. Yeah, I mean after he touched all the like, because remember back in the day where COVID kind of uh, Rudy Gobert started COVID, it was um, <laughs> it was uh, Donovan Mitchell who got it right after him, and Donovan Mitchell was allegedly a germaphobe and. Gobert was messing with him like this is a fake virus. Yeah, he got it. Yeah, i i think I think that team needs to get blown up. It probably will. It, probably... It, they're pretty much in NBA purgatory if you think about it. So they're gonna have to start blowing that shit up. Although there's a lot of sh- Conley's contract and Gobert's contract are brutal. So I don't know, but yeah, I would like to see Mitchell in a new place. Maybe if, 
you know, things don't work out with Harden, maybe Mitchell will be our consolation prize. Yeah, him yes. or Bradley Beal. I know the Sixer fans have been talking about Bradley Beal forever. Bradley. Well, you know, you want to know my lock of the, the, the playoffs? Maybe we end the show after this. Yeah. You want to know my lock? Yeah. You know what? You know what I'm. You know what I might do? I might throw. I might. I might throw a rack on this shit. Let I might. I might go to the. I might go to the bank and put a thousand bucks on this game. All right. You know what I'm going to say? Um. I don't know. No, I don't know what you're going to say. I'm going to say Pelicans minus five in the playing game against Popovich ten seed Spurs. That was your lock. The playing game. Yeah, yeah. Pavlovich is a first round, first game playing exit. I agree. He doesn't have any freaking players. It's a miracle that he's even in Get it. Get him out of here. Pelicans are. Get him out of here. I like. I like what McCollum's been doing. If Zion ever comes back, that's a shit show too. He'll be back. You think? No, he'll be. Yeah, maybe he'll be a Nick next year. Him and him and Donovan Mitchell. And maybe Russell he'll come Westbrook. back for the playing game. Him, Russ, and Zion. Yeah, they'll be all Knicks next year. No, Zion, uh, Russ will somehow come back. No, Russ will go to the Pacers, like a team like that, and, and put up numbers. Yeah. I mean, he should just – honestly, he should just make his money in bad markets and st- stuff the stat sheet. Yeah, at this point. I don't know if he'll ever want to ring him, unfortunately. Kevin Durant robbed him of that back in 2014 or whatever it was, 2015. All right, you ready to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. Good show, as always. I like the NBA pods. Um, yes, sir. We'll be we'll be tuned in. Uh, I'm I got shaky shaky knees for my Sixers, but I'm gonna say I might go to confession this week. That's how serious I am about this. Um, as always, at Fourth and Long Pod on Instagram. Follow us on there. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. As always, Maddie Miggs, Deanie, Gobble Gould today. Good night. Enjoy.